As many of our listeners know, I'm a business student here at Vivid Machines. Throughout my time here at the company, I've got the chance to learn from industry professionals and innovators in agriculture. It has become clear to me that the process of farming is far more complex and important than it could have ever imagined. Today, we take a closer look at the apple industry and more specifically, how agricultural technology has been helping transform the work of growers. From Vivid Machines, this is Cassie Turkstra, and you are listening to Vivid Machines Variety. Today, I'm thrilled to bring on a very special guest, Rod Farrow, winner of Good Fruit Grower of the Year, who is known for his innovative work on New York apple farms. Rod has always been known to be a titan of industry, so thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure, Cassie. Thanks for the invite. No problem at all. So it's a pleasure, of course, to have you on here. And for our listeners that are not aware of your extensive experience in horticulture, do you mind talking a bit more about your background? So I, uh, I started growing apples just as a part-time job when I was a student back in England and fell in love with the work and decided it was something I'd like to do as a career. And instead of going to college, I spent five years traveling around the world, working with what turned out to be very connected and well-qualified growers who uh, gave me a great education in the School of Hard Knocks. This was back in the 1980s and fell in love with the region of Western New York, where I worked for two years with George Lamont and Lamont Fruit Farms. I came back to Western New York in 1986 with my wife, Karen, and our daughter, Rebecca, and worked with Lamont Fruit Farms for the rest of my career and ended up buying that orchard from George and Roger Lamont. And after a time of owning it myself, sold it on to two of my managers, Jose Inigas and Jason Woodworth. I'm currently mostly retired. I'm still working on some research projects and doing a little bit of consulting here and there. Yeah, that's great. So interesting. I would love to get more of your opinions and insights into egg tech and farming. As a grower, I read that you've been known to advocate for the quality of fruit over the quantity. Can you explain the importance of this and how integrating technology has helped with the quality of fruit, whether that was in the past on those mentors in the early days getting into the field or at Lamont Fruit Farm? I would just love to hear your take on this. Sure. So I think it's it's a little bit of a misnomer to say quantity or quality over quantity quantity because it's the multiplier effect of both and I often don't talk about quantity because I assume that everybody's always trying to get the maximum prop crop they possibly can but then inside of that by maximizing the quality and certainly if you can get uniformity you can really change the profitability this really became apparent to me in the early 1990s we were working at Lamont Fruit Farms and trying to improve quantity and had three record years back to back to back in terms of our yields across the whole farm, but didn't realize significant gains in income. And when we looked back and analyzed what was going on, we produced 20 to 25% more apples year on year for three years. But our percentage of extra fancy high value fruit was only going up by a much smaller percentage, maybe five percent or less per year and that did not really translate to 
additional profit because of the extra expense of harvesting these 20% of apples that weren't worth a lot. So oh. it became obvious just hanging more apples on a tree wasn't the answer. The yield, while is one half of the equation, quality is the multiplier. And so learning to grow higher quality fruits on different systems became the answer for us that we had to move to different tree shapes and forms that allowed us to grow more uniform apples. Interesting. Wow. It's, it's kind of like when your teacher tells you in class that they would rather you hand in one page of a really good essay than seven different pages. So that's, yeah, that's super cool. And you have many great awards and nominations from the past. And everybody who has worked with you has said that you're always going out of your way to educate and help other growers. So as you've been advocating for growers to look to these smart solutions, what have you found to be common incentives to stay to traditional methods? In other words, what's holding growers back? Up until probably 2015, 2017, somewhere around there, there had been a distinct lack of the right orchard systems planted. So when you plant an apple orchard, you're committed for the next 20 years or more into a system that's going to grow a certain kind of fruits. And until you decide to make that switch to high density fruiting walls like we did, much narrower open canopies like a tall spindle tree that's very prominent in the east, or V trellises that are much more common in Washington where you have narrow canopies. It's really difficult to grow uniform fruit because you don't have uniform trees. So as a grower, if you have 500 acres of orchards, you'll be lucky to replant 5% a year. And when you start replanting to a, a, a better suited density for or system for high quality apples, takes five to 10 to 15 years to have a, enough of a critical mass of those orchards to be able to change your systems because you're trying to, while you're trying to learn on the smaller acreages that you have in the younger trees, they take four or five years to become a, a, a fully productive. And so it's generally speaking, the lack of adequate orchards for the goal that holds okay. growers back, not usually the desire you just on a big tree that's planted at 200 trees an acre and is 10 feet around you it's very very next to impossible difficult to grow high yields of high quality fruit what would be a way around that what would you it, recommend it, to avoid avoid that because i'm trying to think of a an answer if it takes five to ten years and your yield won't be nearly as high then what would incentivize a grower well, there is no instant change, but if you can stay on the cutting edge somewhat of orchard systems, and there, we reached this tipping point around 2015, 16, 17, certainly in the East anywhere, where everybody says, right, I've seen this long enough because they usually need to see something for five and 10 years to go, okay, I'm going to make a 20 year commitment to an orchard that looks like that. And so they've done a couple of test plantings and they maybe have... 5% of their orchards that are in the system and now they become comfortable with it and they go, okay, now I'm committed to this system. This is what I'm going to do all the time. 
and and make sure that that's what they're doing and try and stay on one system <clears throat> because each one has a different set of skills and so you're trying to get your employees to learn once they've learned this one system say it's a tall spindle and then you want to change to a fruiting wall there are different techniques that you use different equipment that you use different technology that you can use and so there are there are reasons to want to pick a good system and stay in it but if it's not adequate then you have to know right away that i need to change and move on from that system because it's not going to get me the goals that i want that makes sense knowing when to act i think it's really interesting because a lot of people when they imagine i know that when i started at vivid machines i did when you picture apple orchards you imagine a big apple tree but nowadays there's so much variation on how apples are grown it's nothing like what you would expect or what were shown in storybooks of a bunch of uniform giant apple trees in the good fruit grower article published in 2020 it was suggested that you believed in spending money to improve crop value because it inevitably pays off kind of like what we've been discussing so what would you suggest to growers who are considering adding in agricultural technology into their production? Kind of going off of what we talked about before, knowing when to act, but some more things just to get them interested or where to start off if you're interested in starting egg tech in your farming. To me, it's always been based on the actually the reverse thought process is that you cannot save your way to prosperity. And so there are multiple things we can do, and this includes new technology as well. And interestingly, it's always the saving that gets the grower's attention first, that you can offer to make savings of 10 or 20 or 50 or $200 an acre on certain tasks that you have to do or chemical applications. But that's always associated with a risk to the value of your crop, like you're taking some risk by reducing your inputs. And the savings tend to be in the tens or hundreds of dollars per acre, which while it sounds good, is nowhere near the return you can get by investing in the right tasks to improve the value of your crop. So for somebody who is doing quite well as an average grower with decent yields and average quality, the best way to improve his bottom line is to identify the tasks that improve the value of the crop and to be sure that the money you're spending is a worthwhile attempt at you know doubling or tripling that investment and it really adds to your bottom line because once you've covered all your um, fixed costs fixed costs per se most of the increase in revenue goes straight in your pocket so if you can increase the value of every bushel by a dollar in that block which isn't I don't want to say isn't that difficult to do is certainly possible to do just by changing the system or it could be more than that by changing your system and changing the tasks that you do that there are multiple thousands of dollars that are available to be made per acre now you have to spend some money to get there and you don't if you overspend obviously it goes backwards but just being aware of the fact of what is the potential value of your crop is the key so if you can grow very uniform apples that sell at the highest grade and the highest price with a big yield the value of the crop can go up dramatically whereas savings only end up being five ten percent fifteen percent of your inputs so while if you're in a commodities type market 
efficiency and cost become imperative because there is no price gain mm -hmm. in across like apples there's always a potential price gain by improving your quality and quantity so that to me has always been the thing to chase chase the thousands not the tens or the hundreds yeah that makes a lot of sense and even looking at not even changes of systems but there's so many cutting edge technologies that are coming about in all aspects of apple production which i think is so interesting from of course, what we're working on at Vivid Machines, I am a little biased toward, but there's also technologies looking at the soil and these weather systems you can put on your farm. So do you find those would be worthwhile investments for growers going forward? Well, absolutely. And this is where the two things go hand in hand, again, in terms of yield quality and technology. You exclude yourself from a lot of modern day technology with old style orchards just because of occlusion. You can't see through thick trees to know what's going on to be able to count. So having updated systems that have narrow canopies and simple structures allows you to use multiple forms of technology, but particularly vision type systems to get to what we call precision egg so that now we can start looking at trends in orchards um, trends in rows and eventually and we can already collect the data now but we aren't using it from a management technology to individual apple trees and what they should have and what they do have which is the key to it is the key to maximum yield and maximum quality so once we can perfect this thought of just how many apples are on a tree, what their density is, and where they are on the tree, as in are there too many in the top, not enough in the bottom, how can you balance that out? We can take the, the income side to a whole new level with the right kind of technologies. Now, we're not talking robotics at this point, obviously that follows later, but learning to collect and act on the data that you have by tree, by row, by block is a game changer. It's so interesting because today we see drones and wheat fields. So I'm so excited to see where the apple industry and other horticulture productions are in the future. I'd love to talk about some more specific examples, even though we have talked about a few, but when you were owner of Lamont Fruit Farm, how are the profits and crop load assisted with integrating this technology from your firsthand experience? So in the farm specifically, the impact on the production that you found as a grower? So you, you mentioned drones, and so I'll go back there as an initial because that was one of the earliest things that we did. Yep, we started applying pollen to one particular variety that was very sensitive to bear. Its flowers came out a little early. The bees didn't like to, to visit the flowers. They weren't very full of nectar. And so it was difficult to get to the maximum yield. And this was probably seven, eight years ago we started the initial tests. And now it's done throughout this one variety every single year and a couple of others that we're using a little bit, but not so much, they don't have the same issues. It changed our yield potential by 35% using a drone with pollen just flying up and down rows during bloom. So that was probably the first true commercial adoption that we had of technology in terms of what, what can help change our outcome. Significant for that variety, worth thousands of dollars an acre. Wow. Drones and pollen. That's so interesting. And yeah. 
this is another little example that I was watching a video that Cornell University did on climate change and growing crops that was featuring you. And there's mention of early bloom with rising temperatures, going a bit more into climate change discussion, if that's all right with you. And Mm -hmm. there's issues with reoccurring frost and climate change. So do you think that tech solutions, like the really innovative ones we were just talking about with drones and pollen, but even wind machines that are discussed in this Cornell University video, will these be the answer to helping combat climate change that's going to face growers and often impact their production? I I certainly think it can. Climate change is certainly having a big impact on production in the East and earlier bloom is probably the biggest risk factor to that. The biggest freeze that we have where Michigan lost 90% of a crop, New York lost 60% of a crop, um, was back in 2012, I believe. And the issue there was while we'd warmed up early in the spring, the temperatures before, well before bloom are what we call a stage tight cluster and just coming out of tight cluster went so low and it was not an inverse temperature issue that wind machines couldn't help you. It was, we were 15 degrees Fahrenheit, whereas you probably need to try, and there was no warm air at 50 feet. So there was no warm air to be pulled back down into the orchards. Now, wind machines are common in a lot of places. Um, Certainly a lot more people have put them in and that may well help you during a bloom type scenario. Obviously for some, it's, it's become an investment that they put into new orchards just to try and guarantee a crop. It's not always a fail safe. Choosing the exact right site might be certainly where we have options to be almost guaranteed to be frost free. That's not possible on everybody's home farm, but not everybody's willing to move to search out those sites. But there are things growers absolutely should do because Again, this whole idea of income is, is yield and quality. And so if you're frosted out to begin with, number one, it cuts your yield, but it also damages your quality. So anything you can do with technology to help that would be a benefit. It's just hard to know what that is. It's not something that you can predict every year, where to me, where you can use technology in a system, a vision type system where you can count and be predictable you know that on certain trees you don't have enough apples you know to stop investing in that tree because it's a solid number that gives you a basis to say wait a minute they may not all be in exactly the right place but i've already gone below my yield expectation so i need to stop because i'm only hurting my income at that point plus the fact if you have 20 or 30 or 50 percent more you know how many to get down how fast you might be able to get down to have the best impact on what you're doing. So for me, the biggest push for me, certainly for the last five or six years, has been to convince whoever we can to get into this space of vision and counting and get us the data. And we need multiple years of data that go back year on year to see trends in areas in the orchard, hopefully down to individual trees at some point. So this is what's so exciting about Vivid and having them in this market now is is one more group who are trying with some different ideas to see how they can best count what's on the tree so we can we can use that data to manage what we're doing because that is the key. That's 
completely connects onto the last question that I was going to ask you here on Vivid and these computer vision technologies that could help with counting, whether those would also be helpful moving forward. So good to know that you also see a great answer in those technologies. You must always, as a grower, I'm assuming, be having to learn and adapt to not only changing climate, but changing environmental features on your farm. I can just imagine the process. It would never be uniform every single year. Yeah. Uh, so I, the I, nice thing, like a corn crop or a wheat crop, if you screw up, you get to do it again next year. Yeah. With apples, you've made a 20 and you have to adjust what you did last year. You don't get to just say, well, I'm going to try this differently. You're now committed to that site, to that system, to that variety. And while you can change some things, you can't change the site unless you go, I'm out of this. But if it hadn't paid you back yet, that's a bad decision. So tough decision anyway. Wow. It gets ever more complicated. I mean, a big part here about vision technology isn't, can I count my apples before I harvest them? Is that important? Yes. Can I count my apples before I hand thin them? Is that important? Yes. Can I count my blossoms? Eh, not as important, but has some value. Can I count my buds? Significant value there to start the season as early as you possibly can so that you can take corrective steps right throughout the season. So what we're really trying to do is start the season with too many apples and as quickly as we can to exactly the right number. But we always want to be as close to that ideal as we can. So vision systems are going to be in the orchard almost every week. Um, looking at whatever you have, identifying the highest value of your reaction, like should I go to block 13 or should I go to block 17? Which has the bigger problem now sometimes you can identify this by eye but as farms get bigger management gets more dispersed having this data available just instantly if okay the biggest problem is in this block this week let's run over there and deal with this one first because it has the biggest impact the highest return on investment then we'll go and deal with the next one but you also have to know what what that means when you go there can i skip row 27 in that block because it doesn't have too many apples because there's a value and i said you can't save your way to prosperity if you can save driving down a row um, <laughs> because there's enough isn't enough work to justify it there's no great return on investment skipping that row may give you the time because we're all short labor to go and spend it in another block where there is a bigger problem but maybe only on 10 rows instead of the whole block and we don't have that data. Nobody has that data at this point. We're just starting to get this year on year. Some companies now have a couple of years worth of data. But this is what's going to really, like I say, be a game changer is being able to go through every week or two weeks at certain intervals where we know this is important to me. And compiling that data and knowing that history because the tree's there for 20 years. Did it have too many apples last year? Is it going to have less this year or vice versa? Where the tar It's just... There are so many layers to this, it's hard to put it together. And the only way to manage it is technology, computers, visions, you know, and, and show, throw you a spreadsheet with a little cute little Excel map on it that says, go to that tree. Yeah. It must be frustrating too, because other parts of farming, like we've talked about wheat fields in the past, some other types of farming have these systems already developed. But I know that 
the technology when applying it to apples has been a little behind, but it's good to know that I'm working for a company that could hopefully help to innovate this, this industry and help move forward. Yeah. And, you know, I think apples are just that much more complicated. Of course. The biggest illusion is how much can you see? And so you have to critical mass of the right systems. Like I say, this is what's really happened since 2015 or so. There's become a critical mass where the technology and the orchards can now get together and try to solve it. It's still not easy. I was going to say, because it sounds like this industry, even from what we've talked about today, there's so many different facets of farming and things that you as a grower from past knowledge have to bring in, but always be learning and adapting. So I could see that developing the technology, even different algorithms to try and understand it. You'd need so much data. And if the data is ever changing, then it just gets that much more complicated. Right. And pretty much every grower does it in his head every day. But the difference between reacting through your gut and what you're seeing to precision technology is more money, right? It's more income. Is it dramatically more income? And so we talk with with other companies, and, and I know Vivid's talking about it, about being able to communicate in real time with the worker to say, there are six, we only want 65 apples on this tree. There are 85. Here are 10 that we can see that are the wrong shape. You have to pick these 10. And here are 10 that are smaller than all the rest. So you need to pick these 10. But wait a minute, there's one apple missing down. So we're going to tr- leave one of those. So they can actually give a visual or an audio directly into a into a worker's ear or eye that says this is what you need to do so it might say take 20 apples from the top three tiers out of six or you know we've put all these apples in purple um, are the ones that you need to pick off and so you could identify what they were in your google glasses whatever and just pick those off the tree this is this is sort of the north star this is out there this is at the end of it once we've perfected it Mm -hmm kind of where it needs to get to to really capture stuff but right now we need data on a big scale to get year on year and this is the thing it's kind of like replacing the orchard when you have five years of this it's going to be a lot easier five years of data it's going to be a lot easier to manage when it's your first year knowing how blocks react to what you do and what's a what's a threat what's a success um so it's kind of it's kind of like switching your orchard vision technology is about getting started and collecting data on all the orchards that are suitable because it's going to benefit you much more than you realize three years from now. As my thought, the hard part is it's difficult to get growers to commit to doing all their suitable acreage on what's still really experimental technology. All right. Well, I'll cap our discussion here. It's been so great. All these solutions, I think, could be the answer to helping a first year grower or helping a grower who's been doing it for 20 years. I think that, of course, again, I work for Vivid Machines, so I'm inspired that I think these solutions are the answer, but it's great to hear from you and know that that's a reciprocated thought. It's been great having you on the show today and obtaining some insight from someone who has so much experience working on apple farms. From articles I've read and people in the industry that I've talked to, Your work in ag tech and helping other growers is really amazing. I look forward to keep learning and connecting with you as I work here at Vivid Machines. Thank you again so much for making the time. Hey, my pleasure. 